Hey, and welcome to the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for folks who love to shoot with film. Thinking about shooting with film. Shooting with film and want to shoot more film. Film, film, film. Film. Film, 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 film. Hello out there. I'm in the studio with Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? And John Fideli is here, and he went out for a, a dunkity D run. America runs on Duncan. Mm. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or as they say in the South, America runs on Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. Duncan Donuts, of course, everyone. Unless, well, unless well, you're unless you're Canadian, it's all Tim Hortons. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, Horton had a who. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, this is episode number thirty-nine. Oh, we're getting up there. Yeah. July fifteenth, twenty eleven. Welcome to our fabulous summer show. On this episode. On this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to have darkroom tips with Matt. Matt's going to be talking about film shrinkage. Shrinkage. Matt's going to have... Max. Matt's going to have... <laughs> I'm hungry already. <laughs> Matt is going to have a book of the month. We're going to be talking about... You know, everyone talks about what we've been talking about. Everybody was talking about... You know, everyone talks about what we've been talking about. Everybody was talking about... Polaroid film, shooting Polaroid pack film, which is now made by Fuji. Fuji FP100C, which is the color film that you use in Polaroid pack cameras. But did you know... But, 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 did you know... When you peel your print... You get like a goopy black negative. And you just look at it and you, as they say in the UK, they put it in the bin. And you usually bin it. Well, I've been saving. I used to bin my negatives because I was too scared and didn't, it was too much of a mystery. And you're asking, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is the fact of recovering and making an actual negative from that piece of black film. Very nice. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be uh, chit-chatting about uh, the FPP store. Uh, the things that we're doing on eBay with 99-cent auctions. We're going to have brand new camera giveaways. We, today we're giving away a Yashica GSN. A Yashica GSN. When I tell you that this camera sparkles, I'm, I kid you not. It is It is a sexy silver rangefinder camera. This was donated by Chris Morrison from Maine. And he says, I really like the FPP1 donated camera. So I chose the Yashica GSN that was recently CLA'd by Russ Cisco at cameraverb.com in Bridgeport CT. So we're going to be talking about that, about the camera, and it's going to be a part of our, our, our giveaway, as well as we're going to be continuing our Polaroid Packtastic summer. Packtastic. Giving away some Polaroid uh, pack automatic land cameras that you folks out there can kind of put your toe in the water for instant photography. So we have that and a heck of a lot more, and we'll be right back. <laughs> introduces an economy model of the famous color pack camera for half the price of the original. Same great film. Same fast loading. Same electric eye. Yet it's half the price of the original model. You get the same beautiful color prints in 60 seconds, black and white in 10, in the same big size. Yet it's half the price of the original model. Isn't it your turn to own a Polaroid color pack camera? Hey, we're back. 
And I'm sitting in front of me is uh, a Polaroid 210 automatic 210 camera. This is actually a camera that has uh, is, is already been uh, claimed. Uh, this is the camera. Last episode, we mentioned that as part of the nationwide insurance company fleet of cameras. And what I'm doing is I'm uh, upgrading it here in the studio in front of... Maybe I should wait for John to come back so he can watch me like... He does want to see how it's done. Yeah, because he's going to... He's fascinated. It's like pulling a tooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I, when I uh, basically take the Polaroid automatic land cameras and they use the old-timey batteries that are very difficult to find, and they're expensive. I've been converting them to AAA batteries. And in the process, you kind of have to go in there and kind of destroy the battery compartment by taking out a lot of plastic. I mean, it's major surgery. Yeah, it's surgery with pliers. And when I was doing it for the first time, I thought about it. I thought, oh, my God. It's like when you go to the dentist and they pull a tooth. Because it's like you hear cr- bone cracking. You hear cracking <laughs> and crumbling, and you're, you're yanking and you're pulling. I'll wait to, to John joins us in the studio to, to do that. But, you know, if you're joining us for the first time, Film Photography Podcast, uh, welcome, welcome to the show. We have an ongoing series of giveaways, and these days, a lot of the giveaways are uh, donated to FBP by our listeners. We have a great group of listeners. They just, it's good, just a good circle. Awesome. Uh, people are sending us film, uh, are sending us cameras. If you'd like to, if you have an uh, overage of film, or if your uh, if your life partner is nagging you for some refrigerator space because... It you, fills up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, if you just have crazy stuff in your fridge, like maybe some film that you may not get to, uh, send it to FPP and we'll rotate it around to our to other listeners. Same thing goes for cameras. And you could just send me an email at filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo. And uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you the address. But right now, let's give away a few uh, rolls of film. Uh, every month we give away film. Uh, whether we announce it on the show or not, film is moving out of our door uh, into your hands. Sometimes so. we just don't have time to cover all yeah. that. Oh, here's John. Hey, John. Hi. Hey, John. Sorry I'm late. Hey, where did you go? Oh, that's Ooh. a health food bag? There's no Dunkin' Donuts in this town anymore. Stop. It's closed. No, they're right up the street. They moved up the road. You didn't tell me that. How far up the road? Just, just by the by the by the uh, food store. No, past the health food. Oh, past the health food store by the Rita's. There's a Rita's. Yeah. <laughs> Rita's here in the United States. Delicious. It's a chain of what do you, would you call it? Uh, they call it gelato. It's like uh, Italian ice, very loose Italian ice, not the kind you used to get where you'd scrape it. Oh, I walked past there this morning. Yeah, it's great. Delicious. We're giving away film here. Who won oh. film? Let's see. Uh, Yay! John, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the shoe. Very Thank you. What I miss? Uh, Just give well, away some film. We give away some film. Cool. Cool. And cool. Uh, I have a pack camera in front of me, and I'm going to convert oh, the battery. So glad I got here in time for that. Oh. <laughs> I really am. For those of you out there who own pack cameras that have the old timey batteries and want them converted, we can do it here at FPP for you. My big mitts will get into your camera and convert it. <laughs> For a small donation, uh, I will convert your camera and mail it back to you. Uh, we'll look, I'm look, we're looking for $30 U.S. donation, and I will convert your pack camera, if you have a need for such a thing. So, But I thought it would be nice because we're going to give this one away. Oh, this one this one was given away. Spoken for. Spoken yeah. for, but we're going to give other pack camera away today, and mm-hmm. I just thought that maybe like, you know. Look at you, just going in there, no fear, just cutting wires, pulling stuff out. Look at you. The table is shaking. <laughs> I could convert a pack camera. In the dark. Should I time you? Should we have a world record? Should I call Guinness? Come on, the first time you weren't like this. Were you scared and crying the first time you did this? Uh, I'd be scared. The first time I did it, 
It's like dentistry, John. It is. You're being brutal. <laughs> the first time I did it, I kind of eyeballed. Well, what are you doing first? Explain to people he's, what he's you're doing. He's removing some of the, the extra plastic that holds the, the older 3-volt batteries. Uh-huh. But when you go to put in the adapter that holds either the double AA or AAA batteries, in our case the AAA batteries, it's it's kind of oblong and doesn't quite fit in that little three mil, uh, three volt slot. So, and this is just excess plastic. It's not harming so the camera rip, in any way. Rip yeah. out all the excess plastic for the. Exactly, and that clicking is is hard plastic. He's not he's not miffing the shutter. He's not poking holes in the bellows. Yeah, the the battery compartment is on the. Compo- and I mean, they're surprisingly away. strong cameras. Now this camera, the there really is not an option to use the stock battery because, <coughs> as you can see. The uh, the leads that mm. would connect to the old ba- three volt battery they're done. They're yeah. done. They're so corroded. Yeah. I mean, you could soak them, but then you still wouldn't even get a good. You charge. may not get yeah. a contact. Yeah. So these are kind of done. I I call this kind of camera a candidate. Prime candidate. Yeah. I, in the FPP stockroom, because filmphotographystore.com, we do stock these items. If you like to purchase a camera from us, all handled by me. There's a pile of cameras that say. Candidates. <laughs> what did you get? <laughs> root beer. Oh, good. That's root beer. I'm John Paul Getty. <laughs> <laughs> now, this camera is a candidate because it stands no chance of you running on the original battery. So I think that a lot of cameras like this become junkers, mm-hmm. unfortunately, which right. is not, you know, it's unfortunate. And my goal is to recover as many automatic land cameras as humanly possible. Matt, you saw the stack pile. It's... Madness. Are you Mike. keeping count? Uh, you probably should. sixty cameras. Oh easily. God. Yeah, we have a stock room of cameras. Holy yeah, shit. Mike awesome. Mike has a couple photos he, he sent to me. I'm gonna put those up on, on my Flickr stream. It just says Pactastic all over it. Yeah. It's Did sort you? of a recovery process for me and uh, we have them available in our store. Uh, every week on eBay, I put up two two pack cameras for ninety nine cents opening bid. Great starting price. And when I have like dis- discussions with folks on our fl- in our Flickr group on Flickr dot com, many times I go back and forth for the person. Uh, uh, like your friend, you have a friend in, in New York. Uh, Jess? No, she's, no, she's in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Jess. Yeah, Jess uh, Demokos. Yeah. Yeah, was, you know, she sent me an email. She's like, oh, I know Matt and Lauren. Yada yada. I really want to get into Polaroid photography, and it's like, you know what? I take a Polaroid beater, which is a Polaroid camera that cosmetically has a few dings in it like this one this is not written this is actually embossed in the back of the camera oh wow property of nationwide insurance company <laughs> and I I, I I prep them and um, I re- rewire them and Jess now has a brand new camera She's addicted. I think she already burned through that first pack. She's going to be buying more from the FPP store. <coughs> nice. So, yeah. Thank you, John. <laughs> Filmphotographystore.com. I got the crunchiest thing they had to nibble on while we do this. So you got, you got to nibble while you're ripping apart plastic. I think better would be like jujubes. You know, so I'm not talking the whole time. <laughs> Except, yeah. Pull your fillings out. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, while you're pulling stuff out, why don't you pull out a couple of fillings pull with a jujube? Wear glasses, but I still close my eyes. Because you're a girl? No. <laughs> I still close my eyes when I'm snapping plastic. Because oh. It's somewhere really it's rough stuff. Once you kind of clean the um, the compartment, you see what I did, John? See, it's all you gutted it. I gutted it. Yeah, the compartment is gutted now. Just fearlessly went in there and started ripping out excess plastic. Now here are your connectors, John. It's mm-hmm. your battery. Just gotta strip it. It's like look. That'd be a neat trick. We should just stick one in a dark bag and wow. see if you can do it in the dark. Now we just have yeah. wires. Now, Betty. this is called a wire stripper. Uh, you just... Find your hole. And then you yank. find your wire. Find the gauge of your wire. Yep, yep, find the gauge. And then you just kind of... Look at that. So what are you going, about half inch? 
quarter inch? Uh, no, not half inch. No, well, that's, that's you don't, you don't need more than an eighth of an inch to get a good solder surface. So. Yeah, I'm not going to solder right now. I'm just going to do the connection and fire the shutter. So there you have it. Now you have exposed wires. So what would you do after that, Mike? Well, uh, if, if you want to try this at home, by the way, if you want to convert your own pack camera, it's very simple. You just can type in Polaroid uh, pack camera con- battery conversion. There's a guy up there, and he does it so well. It was so well filmed. I just I just watched his video oh, on YouTube. My, yeah, I saw that video. Yeah, he's very great. calm about it. Mm-hmm. He did the soldering. He did everything. Next step would be to go here in the U.S. to what's called Radio Shack, or as we call it, Matt, the Shack. And you walk in there. And by the way, if you want to bring like your large format camera and want to shoot the Shack staff, they're so bored there. Just they'll let you do. They'll let you do anything. It's true, John. No, they, they, they were they were ready for anything. They probably would help us load film the if guy, it would get them out of work. Uh, just to give you the backstory, Matt and I went to the local Radio Shack to buy some. Uh, Which one? Butler. Okay. D batteries for the flash for my Crown Graphic 4x5 camera. We brought the camera in the store with a tripod, bought the batteries, we, we loaded up the camera with some Polaroid 4x5 film, we shot uh, Sammy and Travis. Yep. Travis said at least three times, this was the most fun I had all day. Yeah. He's like, this is why I love it when somebody comes in and breaks up my day like this. But I mean, Lauren works at the shack in Finley, Ohio. And, you know, she's like, we get five, you know, we might get five customers a day and they always buy the same thing. They buy batteries and parts. But if you're looking for batteries and parts, that's where you got to go. That's it. You can buy all the accessories you need to uh, upgrade or convert your Polaroid. Uh, automatic laying camera right there at the shack for less than 10 bucks. Wow, that's a nice... There's, there's plenty There's plenty of ways to do it, but you can also, you know, give us a nice donation and we'll, yeah. we'll do it here. If you're scared, yeah, which is be understandable scared. because Mike is doing this all the time. You're going to do it once. This exactly. Bad, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I took what's known as uh, Polaroid beaters. He's a Polaroid camera. I was still filming it. Yeah, I know. He's a fo- Polaroid cameras that, you know, beat down. Got and, no love. And to be fair, I practiced on two, three cameras. Well. You know, I went through maybe three cameras to get the logistics of how the battery should sit. Did you make any crucial mistakes on those first no, three? No, that crucial mistakes. Right. Just cosmetically speaking, when you have a camera, you don't want a ba- battery that's like loose in the camera. Right. Like you want it to be nicey-nice, as I call it. And what I found is that um, packing peanuts, you cut them, they work great to insulate and to hold your battery holder it's in place. It's just a nice little bed, and it's not going to go anywhere. Because what you're buying is a battery holder. And in my hand, I have a, a two AAA battery holder. And AAA batteries are 1.5 volts. So two battery holder is three, three volts, volts, which is perfect for the pack cameras that take the Polaroid 532 three-volt battery. Perfect, easy-peasy, and it also will fit nicely in the cradle, the battery holder cradle on the side of the camera once you break <coughs> out all the excess plastic that's in there. If you have a pack camera that takes 4.5 volts, a little trickier, and you may want to consult the YouTube to really... Which uh, which cameras take those? The Polaroid 100, the, the 220 takes 4.5... There's a number of cameras that take 4.5 volts. Then you need a four-time battery holder double for a. double the uh, triple a for triple a triple a but you need three triple a's not oh, four right. three triple a so you have to go to the two wow yeah. youtube.com and there's a way you can actually bridge the yep. the spring from one connector to the other end of it really? you solder it so it, yep. it it keeps the it keeps the current in a yep. series Crazy. and then you have three batteries in there because 1.5 times three is 4.5 right. right so and also that empty that empty battery space allows it to fit in the compartment and close exactly mm. yeah but it's it, a, it is a little trickier though it's tricky and it's a tough squeeze like the battery pack has to be exactly yes i mean there's no way you'll do it with double a's so every time you change the battery you gotta fit it in nicey nice if you need to change the battery and you're using three volts two triple a batteries easy just Mm, pull it out change it it, put it back in a fit perfect if it's the 4.5 volt and you have three triple a batteries in there 
you need to pull it out, change your batteries, and then you have to put the, because the, the, it's a holder, you right. put it back in so that it <clears throat> kind of have to finagle with it a little. So now I'm at the stage here where I, I'm really ready to go, and for the sake of the, the podcast, I'm going to just um, very... Twist them on Just there. twist them on. There's two types of twists, by the way. There's uh, pigtail twists. Mm-hmm. And there's like a sausage twist. And there's the peppermint twist. Um, <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> but while I'm doing this, what do you, let's let's read let's read some letters. Let's do some news, Matt. Sure. Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, this is from Brian Reynolds. Nice. I'm cracking open the certified organic new century. It has to be cola. organic. John bought it. So Brian Reynolds says, Michael, I thought you guys would like to would like to know that on June 3rd, 2011, on the new episode of How It's Made on the Science Channel or Discovery, they included a visit to the Impossible Project factory oh, cool. and showed the complete <clears throat> manufacturing process. No kidding. Look at mm. that. But the the episode will be rerun several times over the next week, and like any other How It's Made show, they put it on online on a couple demand. weeks later. Yeah, oh, and you online. Can, you mean? Yeah, on the Science Channel's website, you can watch it for just oh, really? watch it willy nilly. Yeah, yeah, but they, I think they you got to wait a while, like yeah. a couple months or something. Pretty. Uh, the show was actually available on the plane. We could have watched oh, it on the way you, home. Have you seen it, Matt? I have. I watched the video a couple times, and I have to say the they did a great job. You know, filming wise, it's great to see the process. Polaroid was nowhere near as transparent back in the day about how they oh, they made they secret. made what they did. Secret. They were they were very open about the cameras. But not so much about the film. This seemed a lot, a lot more, you know, a lot more comprehensive, start to finish. Right. They talked about, you know, what goes into, you know, making just the pack for it, and just, you know, it shows that they even allowed them to turn on the lights when they were doing some yeah. stuff, even though a lot, because a lot of it has to be done in the dark. Oh yeah. How it works. A night vision camera. No, they just turn on the lights and they they sacrifice whatever kind of short run it is of mm. emulsion. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, huh? The episode was kind of cool. The only I, one thing I would criticize about the whole deal was that they didn't, uh, they didn't say impossible. Like it just it right. said it on the the packaging, but they they just say they, how instant film is made. I see. So if somebody's watching it, like oh look, Dolly, they got the six hundred film mm. on the TV. You know, like the they, they would have no idea that it was just recorded this year. Right. So hmm. some people that that still think Polaroid's done, they wouldn't know it's they, like they say it's still manufactured, but it doesn't really suggest hey go buy some Impossible film. Right. You know, and I, if they would have plugged that, I think they'd be they'd be just opening that much more business. You yeah. know, I'm sure they're not happy about that either. Well, I think they have to kind of make it generic just because that's yeah. how the whole show goes they don't really, oh, really? say they, don't they never usually go products. brand heavy yeah uh, it's very just informative but it was cool yeah very good i'll take that letter over here oh yeah i'm gonna crack open my organic soda good to call it soda here right because I, I miss the east we call it pop, pop. coke oh, right you're, you're an east coast guy i mean i was born east coast and oh, i talk yeah. east coast so yeah yeah my, my relatives and i will call everything coke like oh, you want coke a, yeah they're like you want a pop or a no, pop or coke I just straight face and be like, no, I'm like, I want a Pepsi. Hey, you want a Coke? I'm like, no, I want an orange soda. Oh, you want an orange Coke? I'm like, they make orange Coke? This isn't, it tastes Whatever. like A&W that sat out in the sun. Yeah. You know, and got kind of flat. Guys, I just completed Went the, through the Brundle fly machine. Yeah. <laughs> I completed the... Uh, How did it go, Mike? Went great. Uh, for anyone out there listening who doesn't know what a Polaroid automatic land camera is, please Google, use the Google, Polaroid automatic land camera. The Google. Google. Probably come up with the land list. Yes. Awesome. Very <laughs> comprehensive list. Yeah. And of course, there's also Nate from Option 8, his links pop up as well. Very much so. Yes. And probably some of my pictures, as John would say. Pitches. <laughs> Lots of pitches. Here it is. Now, this isn't finished. This is connected, ready right. to go. I still have to solder, tape, and uh, make it cosmetically beautiful. You didn't make it nice yet. Gorgeous. Yeah, but as you can see, it's in there. It fits fine. Close it up. Let's see if it fires. <clears throat> Closes up beautiful. Go. Ready? Ready, ready. Nice. Nice. Sweet. Another brilliant job. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you.
So fantastic. I'm really happy. I have uh, about uh, 60 more pack cameras to uh, convert. Get to it. I'm, God. I'm up at late at night, soldering like a fool. You could probably do that in maybe three hours if you I was thinking about like, getting on. rid of my uh, fingers and having uh, solder irons being put, like uh, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Edward Solder Hands yeah, fingers. So. I can just see Mike like recording next episodes with Mike, and he's just his, his hands have to be constantly moving. He's doing so many mm. of these pack cameras. We're talking about Polaroid. Let's give a pack. To, let's give away every every show. We'll give away pack cameras. Let's give away pack camera. Here's Pink randomly picking one. Here you go, Matt. Here we go. And the winner is? Our winner is Jose Gallardo from the Bronx. Hey guys, my name is Jose. I'm 19. I'm from South Bronx, and I found you guys through YouTube looking for film processing tutorials. Look at that. And I've been listening to the podcast and watching YouTube videos ever since. Well, I've recently started taking pictures with a BarrowQuick KB135. It's a 35mm camera, and I love it. I got a fisheye from Lomography. Oh, I got a fisheye camera from Lomography as a gift wow. from a friend, and I'm enjoying that. I've never, there's a lot of stuff I've never tried, including instant film, and I'd really love to try it out. I want to make the full switch from digital to film because I recently broke my Canon ELF point and shoot and that's it for the digital world. Yeah. Well, I'm Good. really eager to take more pictures with film cameras. Let's see, he's also posted a website here. Oh, this is a great URL. www.bronxbastard.tumblr.com So, B-R-O-N-X B-A-S-T-A-R-D.tumblr.com There are some pictures I've taken with my deceased digital camera and I'd love to take some awesome pictures with instant film to put up on there. So cool. I think we found a good home. I awesome. Think so another good home. Another good home to a to a uh, nice young man. Yep. To a, another Polaroid pack. Better take good pictures, kid. We're gonna come and take it back. Uh, I do want to say that every week, every weekend, I take a converted Polaroid pack camera and I go out and I'm doing my photo walks on the weekend uh, with. Uh, with Fujifilm and I come back on Monday I take those images and I post them up on ebay.com and auction off two cameras one glass lens camera Ooh. and one uh, Pola plastic fantastic as I call it camera on ebay for 99 cents opening bid wait for both of them? each Wow. Yeah, two, two auctions. But I mean, the glass lens one, 99 yeah. cents? Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Some folks want glass some folks want plastic so whatever, whatever. I mean, they're, they're both great yeah. Yes. Well, what do you prefer? I like both. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like both. My uh, I found on my 420s a plastic lens and it's it's gorgeous. Really? Yeah. Huh. Apparently you can go to uh, myworld.ebay.com <laughs> forward slash film photography project. Is that true? That's what we yeah, looked and up, that'll yeah. take you to the film photography yeah. project uh, webpage. There's going to be a. That'll take other, you to your auction. Yeah. By the way, there's the, there's also a link to our YouTube videos, uh, our Facebook, our Flickr, it's and to amazing. our eBay. Amazing. Yeah, directly from our main website, filmphotographyproject.com. So check that out. Awesome, 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 awesome. awesome. Next up, the got another letter, Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt's a business in this building. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's Matt with one T. It is. It's Matt with one T. Matt with one T. It's intriguing. I have to get their picture now. Well, what's this guy? eBay Polo. What's this say? Oh, well, since we're talking about eBay, hi Mike. Oh, from Liam. Yes, it's from Liam. Yeah, Liam won one of our eBay auctions. Oh, it says, "Hey Mike, the camera arrived today as I was in the middle of listening to the latest FPP podcast over breakfast. What are the chances? Thank you so much for let's see for adding the calendar and even." A fresh set of batteries. Oh, because you gave him a free calendar with the camera. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, supplies uh, vintage, lasted. Uh, vintage uh, 2011 calendars. So you gave him a <laughs> 2011 calendar and a fresh set of batteries. You really provide an exceptional value added eBay service, Mike. Got a pack of FP100C loaded up and going to try a few shots this afternoon as it's quite the nice sunny day. Looking forward to the results. Frame one looks gorgeous. Happy to be the first to give you 100% feedback, Mike. Whoa. Cheers, Liam, a Polaroid virgin. Yay. 
that great? Just send uh, send your feedback email to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. No. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something other than Polaroid. <laughs> no. No way. Hey, this is Mike Rosso, Film Photography Project. I'm here in the studio with John and Matt. Hello. Here, here to tell you about our eBay auctions. Help support FPP by visiting our auction pages. Awesome auctions because they start at 99 cents. 99 cents? That's right. So we really need your participation. We're having our Polaroid Packtastic Summer Celebration. And Packtastic? Every weekend, I'm grabbing two pack cameras. One... Polar Plastic Fantastic. That's a Polaroid pack camera that's all plastic. And I'm also bringing one of the much sought after... Polaroid 100 Series Glass Lens Cameras. <gasps> I would like you to visit our eBay page to see what we have. And maybe you would like to own one of my cameras from my vast, vast inventory. My Polaroid vault of cameras. Go to myworld.ebay.com slash That's forward slash Film Photography Project. That's myworld.ebay.com forward slash Film Photography Project. Stop by weekly to see what we're offering. Thanks a lot. Thanks for supporting FPP. <laughs> we're back. So we're gonna do a book of the month. A book of the month. Book of the month. Book of the month. Let's talk about. This it. is a very special book. I uh, I got this from my aunt and uncle, up in uh, up in Niagara Falls, New York. Right, you know, right around the corner from uh, Chris Ficcio and the guys. Did they nick it from the library? Uh, yeah, because it's got they, like they a got library. It from a, they got it from a thrift shop who mm. nicked it from a library. Oh, probably. So, and, yeah, it's got the, that nice plastic cover the, on Very it. nice trans- transparent plastic cover, and it's got some cards in the back, and yeah, all that fun <laughs> oh, stuff. Dear. Last checked out. Oh, and it's got man. like eight price tags on it for some reason. Anyway. What's it called? This is uh, Collecting and Using Classic Cameras, and Bye. this was... Put together by Ivor Mantley, Matanley or Matanley, yeah. But it's a very cool book. It's, it's an awesome book. It's all in black and white. Comprehensive with 320 unique illustrations. Unique, unique. Yeah. Um, some, very comprehensive, and there's some wacky things in there that a lot of classic cameras that you just don't hear about, like very cult cameras. Yeah. Like um, around me, there's uh, Argus cameras were made in Michigan. Arr, really? So like. Along with like old Ford beater cars just strewn everywhere, uh-huh. there's all these Argus cameras that, that, right? that are in these antique shops. Like if you can't you can't go to an antique shop without finding like five of those Argus C3s. Those things were everywhere. Wow! Just in like when you're in Michigan, in Toledo, area. Ohio, yeah, there's everywhere. The uh, my friend Jess, mm. she's got like three Arguses, mm. but they they've got some of those cameras in here. They go they go all on about the Leicas 35. If you like folder cameras. TLR cameras, they have just these unique little tips and tricks, what to look for <clears throat> in getting a camera. There's an index in the back where you can look up the brand, and it'll tell you what kind of cool cameras they made. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's very comprehensive. I mean, the book's a, the book's a little dated, but it's written... Like you, like you said, Mike, in a pretty modern kind of kind of style. Yeah. It's kind of laid back. Like, what's what's the opening? Well, this is a hardcover book. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's beautifully illustrated. It's laid out beautifully. It's easy on the eye. The cameras are classic, right. classic cameras. Now, Matt, 
uh, do you think that uh, a listener will be able to find this book? Like, how odd is this book? And it's, is this the book you mentioned that maybe other books name the same thing, but not this? But like, like what's there this? is. Um, there's another book that's made by the Eastman House, and I think it's just called Classic Cameras, not collecting and using mm-hmm. classic cameras. And when my aunt and uncle told me they got me this book, I was like, Oh, I've seen that book. It's at it's at Borders. No, no, no. It's it's that, they they knew they're like, right. No, this isn't at Borders. That ain't the one. Yeah. Like maybe it's because they ripped it from a library. And <laughs> <laughs> it borders. It's a it's a really cool book. It's it's kind of unique. I haven't I haven't seen if it's if it's online yet. Maybe mm. John, you can hit yeah, up the Google and see Google. see what they uh, see what they have. But it's it's a cool book. And if you shoot a lot of thirty five and one twenty film, it's it's like the Bible. I would say. I would say so. So is it um, out of print, Matt? What's it calling? Collecting and... Collecting and using classic cameras. John's doing a Google search right now. Oh, the Google. This oh, book is... Came as right up at the top. This Look book at is that. as old as me. 1986. Look at that. Is the, the proper author came up? Stand by. <laughs> yep, Ivan. Oh, it's got a much different camera now. Or a camera. Cover? Cover. Do, so they update it? Uh, the paperback is new from 68, and the hardcover is uh, 89, 86. Are you on Amazon.com? Oh, 30, 35 was a steal. Wow. So what is the lowest priced... Use, they're all used, correct? Eight new from $68. This is a rare book. 23, yeah, 23 book. used from 10 buck. Oh. So get a, I mean, get a used one because the used <laughs> one has better, I mean, probably older <laughs> cameras. Yeah. I'm going to snatch mine right now, folks, before we go live. Do you know that we, you do, when you do a book of the month and we announce it, all of the $10 books that are used? Gone. Gone. Oh, really? Oh, really? Absolutely. Oh, boy. That's fantastic. Yeah, collecting with 320 illustrations. This yeah. says paperback, but there are hardcovers. Oh, Yeah, I get oh, the hardcovers. Okay. The hardcovers yeah. are from 90 bucks. I mean, like, look at this. There's, like, this gorgeous like, book. Monster, there's this monster Leica lens on this yeah. camera. Like, look at yeah, that thing. That's it's bigger insane. than the camera. This is the type it's of like book. It's like a Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, love that book. <laughs> this is the type of book that you can go through, and you're going to find cameras. So if you have your book... A cup of coffee and yeah. your laptop. You're gonna find yourself going on eBay searching to for those. Searching. Oh yeah, this, this will help your gas. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I help you go broke. So I don't have to tell. I don't have to tell our listeners out there or you guys that uh, when you get a new camera, you know, a new vintage or a new new camera, like I have the uh, Lomo Sardine camera in front of me, Lars Sardine. But I, I also got a Polaroid electric zip. That thing's Polaroid crazy Land camera. That looks like an 80s. Yeah. It's so, look at the colors. Yeah. Totally 80s. It's, when you get a, a used camera in, you, in your hands, it's like, well, this is the electric. It's electric. You just are so excited about shooting with it. <laughs> Polaroid electric zip, Polaroid land camera. It used a square format film, John. Look, square. Huh. The, the great. What images. is that? Two by three? Four oh, by four? It's, um, three and a quarter by three and a quarter. Wow. It's like the short end of a regular pack film. Right. Square. Look at Look that, at John. Th- that's insane. Look at that classic image. That's beautiful. I took a shot of Matt with the, uh, oh, book, of the, month, the book of the month. Beautiful, right? Perfect. Yeah, if, if you're looking at this book and you can't find a camera that you're looking for, you're, right. uh, you're not looking hard enough. Keep looking. Yeah. Because it's got so many great cameras right. in here. Now, th- th- we've th- talked about. That's cameras from all over the world. All over the the world, yeah, to the states it, well, or it, Europe it or something. divides it up too. Chapter ten: the delights of unfolding a medium format camera. Mm. For all you folks out there that are addicted to instant photography, I'm suggesting that we do a, some kind of meetup because here's Matt <laughs> talking about the book of the month, and he's, I'm he's doing shooting. and he's, subconsciously. I'm working Polaroid instant photography yeah. into every conversation. Yeah, I was reading uh, one of the posts under, I think, one of your photos or threads on Flickr, and somebody referred to you as a Polaroid crackhead. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think it was Donker Dave. Yeah. Probably. No, well, I don't think it was. I Someone forget. else referred to me as Professor Polaroid. Professor I like yeah. that Polaroid. a That's lot a good better. One. Polaroid yeah. Crackhead is not, well... Yeah. There's that too, then. <sighs> Apparently, if... The 60, 60 pack cameras, that's approaching Polaroid Crackhead, Mike. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but I'm, I'm not hoarding them. No, you don't have a... You're not standing out on a corner with uh. a cardboard sign that says, we'll work for land cameras. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need to add about the book of the month, Matt? If you can pick it up, scoop this book up. If you <laughs> shoot, If you yeah. shoot classic... Classic cameras. If you think you knew a lot about classic cameras, there's so much, and it's just little tidbits about all these different cameras. It's it's great. Hurry up yeah. and get your copies before somebody else does. Hey, it's Mike Rosso. I'm here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey, hey. I'm here to talk about the film photography store. That's right, film photography podcast. We have our own store, filmphotographystore.com. And if you have been thinking about getting a Polaroid camera, whether it's a Polaroid Pack camera, like the Color Pack 2, or the Polaroid 420 camera, that's Matt's camera. Oh, yeah, it's a great camera. Or maybe you want a Polaroid one-step close-up camera, a Polaroid impulse camera. Maybe you need some FP100C. Maybe you need some the elusive FP100B. Oh. Maybe you need some expired Polaroid, Polaroid Polo 108 film. I think I might. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com help support the guys at FPP to keep these shoes coming your way. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com, thank you very much. Now get over there. Mm, That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now's a great time to do our uh, camera giveaway. Oh, yeah. This is, a, speaking of classic cameras, I mean, this, speaking is, of, this, is, a this great is a very camera. special camera. Gorgeous what is it called? Thing. This is the Ashika Electro GSN. Wow. Excellent. Everyone, I'm sure, is thrilled. Can, may I see that? Sure, yeah. I think, uh, I think Dan Domi has one of these cameras. Is that right? Yeah. He had that in New York on top of the other 12 cameras. This was donated by uh, Chris Morrison, and Chris says, Hey, guys, I really like the FPP, and I wanted to donate a camera, so I chose this Yashica GSN that was recently CLA'd by Russ Sisko at camerafurb.com. That's camera... Oh, camerafurb.com. That's C-A-M-E-R-A-R-E-F-U-R-B.com in Bridgeport, C-T. That's Connecticut. Bridgeport, Connecticut. I was born there. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. These cameras have a really have really great lenses, but also have a problem with light flare, even when using a lens hood. Is that a good or bad? It's both. It's it's creative. So after it was CLA'd, I placed some lens flocking material in the lens chamber, and it really seems to work well. Of course, a lens hood is still to be used. I heard about this solution on the web because I was getting frustrated with Ooh. the flare. Like that rangefinder? This yeah. camera yeah. oh. is an aperture priority only camera. No batteries? Has the no, solenoid? Uh, yeah, no, it's got the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Yeah, watch batteries. Yeah. This camera is aperture only camera, but you can still control exposure by using the ASA dial to yep. intentionally over or underexpose the yeah, shot. Yeah, just every time you do that, it's a stop. So also, the flash sync is one thirtieth of a second, which is set manually. So in a possible situation where the battery runs out. A person can use the flash sync of one thirtieth of a second and the appropriate aperture setting for that shutter speed. Oh, so you can go all manual. Oh, look at this. I am including a PX32 6-volt battery, which is the same size of the original 5.6-volt mercury battery. We almost threw threw it away, Chris. No. 
And I'm also enclosing a also enclosing a battery adapter so a 6-volt battery like the PX28 can be used. The slight difference in voltage does not affect exposure. I hope the camera goes to someone who will use it and take good shots because people need to shoot film to keep photography alive. Ta-da! Thanks for your great podcast. Is this a, what is this arm? Is this a timer? What oh, is that? that? It might be the self-timer. So, Chris, thank yeah. you very much. I said it, but it didn't really do anything. That's the self-timer. You bring Chris, it all the way down, it gives you, uh, oh, you press the thing, and it gives you 10 seconds. Up. Yeah. So thank you very much. There's also a piece of paper in here, Yashica Electro 35 battery adapter sheet from yashicaaddiction.com. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would be addicted to this camera. Yeah, it's, nice it's got a gorgeous uh, 1.7 lens on there. Yeah, nice. Look at this battery. It's aperture priority, so you can manually set the aperture, and then it, it sets the shutter speed from there. Uh-huh. But he said you can uh, you can kind of adjust how the shutter speed with by setting the ASA. It's kind of a grind yeah. to really move it, but... Yeah. To, to win this camera, please send your email with your name, address, and a little bit about yourself and your film photography to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo! And we'll get you in the, in the, in the uh, contest, and we'll pick the winner of the contest sometime in August. So it, it's July 15th. Get your, uh, get your entries in by, you know, mid, mid-August. Yeah. So, okay, folks. By the way, if you are listening to the podcast, you could uh, share your photography with us by going to Flickr. And you sign in. It's free. And you just type in Film Photography Podcast in the group search, and you'll find our group. Join. And uh, you could throw your uh, images in our pool. And then myself, Matt, John, we kind of go there every day and kind of just like look around. I love looking through That's, there. Yeah. yeah. Great, great way to end the day. And every few episodes, we put together a gallery, and yeah, we, we got to do that. Yeah, and we discuss uh, your images on the shoe. This this show. What show? <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, talk about uh, some darkroom tips. You have some questions there from some listeners. Sure, I had a um, really really interesting question from uh, Manuel. So this is kind of a long question, but it's a very important one because it addresses a lot of different issues that can go wrong in your <clears throat> in your kitchen slash darkroom, bathroom slash darkroom, yeah. darkroom slash darkroom. Yeah, the process is easy, but it's it's assuming a lot of things are constant. Right, and this is one of those things that can happen just. You know, by anywhere, but different conditions change it too. Uh, This is from Manuel. I'm still relatively new at developing film, but I've been pretty successful at doing this after taking a class at my local community college. The other day, I mixed up a batch of Kodak D76 per instructions and shot a roll of T-Max 400. Everything seemed to be okay, but after the final rinse, I noticed that the film had a slight greenish tint to it. I don't really know what the strange color is, but what could I do about it now? Then I unspooled the film, clipped the weight to the bottom, and hung it to my bathroom to dry overnight. The next morning, I noticed this wicked curl to the length of the film. never seen this before, but I was sure I could simply cut it, put it in a sleeve, put some books on it, and flatten it out. When I went to scan it, it was actually thinner than other film, so it had actually shrinked, curled, and had a green tint to it. Well, fortunately, Manuel, unfortunately, that film is kind of, it might be aft. I think so. As we say here at FPP, aft. Aft. But, Manuel, thankfully, all of these three of these things have separately occurred to me fumbling around in the darkroom, and they're all caused by three different things. So n- the, all three of these things have never happened to you simultaneously? No, he, he got like he the mother out. of all, yeah, he got the mother <laughs> of all messes like wow. once, but but I, I sent him, I replied to him, but I'm just going to read this to everybody. Okay. Your shrinkage story sounds all too familiar from my early experiences messing around in the darkroom. Each little bit of the problem can be prevented by doing a few things differently in your processing. I'm going to break down each step in the workflow that can be prevented. Problem one, the green tint that you're getting is a remnant of the anti-halation layer of the film, and oh. that's 
basically, boy. yeah. Anti. Long story short, it's an extra layer in the film to prevent <laughs> sunlight from coming in through the through the backing of it, and it, it has a greenish tint when you wash it out of T Max. And I know that because I've played with sheet film. With really? sheet film, you have to like soak it mm-hmm. and get the get the color out of it. Right. Same thing with uh, 35 and 120. Uh, a good way to get your stuff to temperature before you process, you can pre-soak it in in water of the same temperature as your developer, and you get that green layer off. Uh-huh. Once so he 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 just didn't get that layer off. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a, a, a lot temperature of pe- thing, or yeah, it's a it's a temperature thing, and it's also a pre-soaking it thing. So maybe uh, sometimes if your developer is a little too cold. Hmm. Or in his case, it might have been too warm because he just mixed it. And when you just mix developers, it has to be a ho- the water has to be hotter to, d- hmm. to dissolve the material to start. If your developer's really cold, that layer can stay in. If it's too hot, you can you can lose a little bit of your image and it won't come out because it's it's too busy developing. It's not going to get rid of that that layer yeah. as well. So you, I do I always do a pre soak just to make mm-hmm. sure I don't like wonky <clears throat> colors right. left over. Wonky. That's a good yeah, one. I use wonky all the time. Extra pre-washing tips. Always allow an extra 15 to 20 seconds to your developing time to allow the water to leave the, the emulsion. If you leave it in a pre-soak too long, mm-hmm. the emulsion picks up some of that water. That's how uh, film gets scratched really easy. Sort of like this building. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's taking on water in the brick. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to just give it a little bit of time. Just a couple seconds. You know, just do it in your head. You don't mm-hmm. have to, like, add it to the clock and do some complicated stuff. Just kind of, you can feel it out. The next problem, sometimes shrinkage can occur from the acid stop bath being far too much acid for a self-hardening film such as T-Max 400. A lot of modern films, there's just so much technology in them that you don't need to have like extra hard chemicals when you're processing it. I use a water stop bath because... That's interesting. Yeah, and and just because uh, if you're Stop bath is too acidic. It's already a hardened film. Films don't even uh, necessarily need older Codafix hardening fixers and things like that. So if you add a really hard acid uh, somewhere in the steps, you can get some shrinkage in the emulsion, and it's, it's easier to shrink when it's wet. And then when it dries, it gets even tighter, obviously, because hmm. the water's right. leaving it. So that's another thing that you can do is kind of swap out an acid stop bath, save some money, and just rinse it with water for 30 30 seconds to a minute is usually good. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a lot of film, give it give it longer. Problem three, any and all curling of the film is a result of any portion of the surface drying at a different time of the other. Basically, if I was to get this, this letter wet, mm-hmm. it's going to curl a little bit because water isn't going to leave the surface evenly. It's usually going to pool to the center and the edges curl, right. and that's what happens. So the best way to do it, I, I always thought, oh, well, one paper clip, it kind of curls. Why don't I put two paper clips or uh-huh. three paper clips? Sometimes if you put too much weight on your film, it'll curl in even harder. Really? Because it's well, because it's all coming together at one that. point. Right. So if you like, you know, stack the paper. I've done all this stuff just because I've, I've <laughs> wasted. Some, you don't want to know how much film I've right. wasted. Well, yeah, but trial and error. It, it's all for the the people's benefit, I right. guess. Yes. So now we're the benefactories of your knowledge. Exactly. And I like to. Uh, some people squeegee their film. Some people leave it wet. It depends on everybody's yeah. environment. Humidity. Humidity mm-hmm. can do have a lot to do with this. If it's extra dry, film will get that hard, long, like long ways curl mm-hmm. so uh, if it's like curling at the top and bottom that's fine put a paper clip you're done i i always squeegee my film now yeah, I was gonna because say. it gets a lot of the water off to begin with and that long curl doesn't happen as bad i use a drying cabinet because i have access to a dark room like mm. a dark room dark room and i don't even use i used to use the hot air hot air would shrink it sometimes right. it's bad right humid air uh, humid air will won't shrink it but dust and crap gets <clears throat> on it easier right. so a lot of things can go wrong long story short make get a th- uh, spend the extra two bucks get a thermometer. three bucks get a good thermometer like an old metal one not a digital digitals mm. need calibrate and stuff yeah. get a thermometer switch your stop bath to water save some money you, you need a an acid stop bath for paper if you're doing 
develop like a paper processing right. film, just get some water. Ilford even recommends water most of the time. Because really? they're, they're, they're always about the archival permanence of mm-hmm. things. So the less less chemical interference, the, be- the better. You do use a fix. Oh, of course I use a fix, but yeah. I, I'm weird. I use, a, I use an <clears throat> alkaline fixer. Okay. And that's that's a, basically, you know. Why is that weird? Well, alkaline fixers are fixers without hardeners. Most fixer comes two-part in liquid, uh. the regular fix, and then the, the hardener. Most films, except for the, a lot of the like, films like the Efka and you know, from, uh, from Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. those films don't have hardeners in it, so you need a hardening fixer, and they, sh- they scratch really so easy and stuff. So if you do your research and know that that film that you're processing has exactly. hardeners, if it's, not, if you don't it's need a, to deal with it. If it's a very popular film, Kodak, T-Max, things like that, mm-hmm. it's good to go. It's really easy. You can process it in anything. And st- cool. I mean, he's still got some... I- I'm sure Manuel probably has some good workable images. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, one of those things. Uh, another thing that happens with T-Max film, and I just know because it's a bear to work with, T-Max kills your fixer three times faster really? than any other film. How, see, how do you learn that? Just trial and error? You, you watch it kill your note? fixer and you wasted 15 bucks in a roll of film. You know, <laughs> you, you, you have to you learn yeah. quickly. So <clears throat> I'm putting my, myself in the position of a newbie developing, which I've, I, I've developed black and white back in college, but yeah. that's it. Would it pay to really do thorough research on the film that you're about to develop to see what elements you do and don't need in the darkroom? Always. Yeah. Always. Is that like the first step? Yeah. And see, I guess I always, th- I always assume everybody's going to do the same thing. I, I get like creepy, creepy researched about right. it. I learn everything about it. Oh. I, I learn the names of the people that make the posts. You're, you know. Oh my God. You're very thorough, very Matt. Thorough. I mean, and you go through, you know, the, the trials and tribulations and the errors of it. And it's all part of the experience. It really is. It is. So, I mean, in, in a way, since this happened to, to Manuel once, it's not mm-hmm. going to happen again. It won't. Yeah. He's going to have gorgeous images. Because, yeah, I mean, out. it almost makes you want to just blow a roll of film just yeah. to learn developing. Well, and that's uh, that's what it's about, too. Yeah. Because film photography, it, it's, got a, it's got a slower learning curve. But when you mess up with film, it's right. like, yeah. it, it hurts. hurts. It sure it hurts. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Manuel, but, you know. Yeah, I think he's got, I think he's got some gotta great go stuff anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then another thing that happens happens with uh, those kind of films especially black and white is they get this like sometimes they look purpley pink mm-hmm. and that's another layer another uh, layer in the film and you just got to wash it out just right. run underwater if you uh if you're conscious about the environment you can't be to, pl- <laughs> to yeah. process black and white mm. film mm-hmm. it takes a lot chemicals. of water yeah evil chemistry evil chemistry evil <laughs> evil chemistry yep. evil evil but, well, very cool. Yeah, I hope uh, hope Manuel found that helpful and some other folks that are... I, I don't want to scare people that uh, want to no, do it in the I dark room. I think you're giving them the right idea that it's a difficult process and yeah. there's a lot of trial and error and you got to really do your research. But it makes you feel good when you get a, like, a yeah. really good nag. You're you don't like, feel so stoops. This is good. <laughs> stoops. This, this is good stuff. Yeah. You look at it and you go, huh, not so stoops after all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because the thing is, man, is like when you're driving on the road... I mean, like, you get a person who's that rude, I mean, they're going to kill you. So, like, if you give them a quick, short, sharp shock, they don't do it again. Dig it? I mean, he got off light because I could have given him a thrash, you know, I only hit him once. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to process, mm. a lot of lot of simpler ways than the, the traditional methods. I mean, I know Mike does the caffeinol kind of mm-hmm. stuff real easy. Yeah. And it was very sa- the results were very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very a, lot, a lot of crisp, folks like it. Crisp image. Hmm. So I was very very pleased with it. Yeah. That. So there's just a lot of different things you can do in the dark room. And uh, wh- wh- what else have you been doing in the dark room lately, Mike? You've been uh, I've, I've been bleaching FP100C instant photography in instant film 
It is the Fuji film. Uh, Fuji makes it. it. It replaces the Polaroid film that was manufactured. The peel type film. From all the, the reading I've been doing, I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful film. I love it. Saturated. Yeah. Just gorgeous. Awesome FP100C. I read that you can also recover. I've been recovering the negatives to answer your question. I, I, you know, and this is something new to me. I first learned about it from the Film Waster guys. Oh, okay. They told you about it? or the Film Wasters dot... Uh, I don't know if they're dot com. Film Wasters, if you, if you do a Google search. The Google. They're the boys in England. The, yep. The boys in England. And they're always, they're always doing something cool. Yeah. Experimenting. They have no fear, these guys. They no. do video podcasts no. now. And uh, Tom... Uh, right. who we met, you know, uh, 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 King Crimson Tom. The Black Queen chants the funeral march. The crack cross bells will ring. To summon back the fire witch to the court of the Crimson King Crimson Tom. Right. Uh, he's part of the Film Wasters gang. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they sent us an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, push come to shove here. Uh, make a long story short, I went to their site. I saw all their vids, and there was the film waster dude in his kitchen, mm-hmm. like bleaching an egg. And, uh, you know, I heard about it, but I never saw it demonstrated. And at that time, that was about a year ago, it was still kind of mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting Polaroid pack film and just chucking the negs. Mm. Yeah. You know, no idea. it's like throwing away your negative. Yeah. So um, I've been, uh, I went to uh, the local Walmart. I bought 11 by 14 glass. I actually bought picture frames. Picture. Picture frames. For the glass. $3 <laughs> each. There you go. It's worth it right there. The glass is thin, so thin that you could like crack it over your own head. <laughs> <laughs> I bought like two, two or three of those. I, <laughs> the image of that just seems so plausible though. I could it really see does. you just going. Eek. <laughs> <laughs> I took the edges of the glass and I uh, taped them up so I don't mm-hmm. cut myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh, I take all of my um, my Fuji film, uh, the black portion that you normally would throw away, and I follow along with the video. I tape them all up on the glass. I went to the supermarket and uh, there's a, there's, by the way, there's a, a few videos on the tube, YouTube.com. Everyone has a little bit different take on it of mm-hmm. how they do it with the brush or whatnot. Yeah. But I went and I bought clinging, clinging bleach, which is also known as um, toilet cleaner. Mm-hmm. It's a bleach, but it's thicker. Gelatinous Yes, form. it's more gelatinous. Okay. And then another gentleman recommended using a spray-on uh, scrubbing bubbles bleach. This really? Is, this is a spray-on. It, huh. fo- it foams up. That's interesting. So, you know, one guy's saying this. Another guy's saying, I bought both. Yeah. What do you think? Same. Is, what do you think? Same. Perfectly. One is not more... Difficult than you the other. You just need the bleach. You can get regular bleach. You can just pour yeah, it, it on be, there. You have to. Well, I have to dilute it a lot. Oh, yeah. maybe regular bleach. I don't yeah. know. I haven't tried regular bleach. So I use the. the I've been using the gelatinous toilet bleach, and uh, I just put it on the back of mm-hmm. the neg once it's taped down, and with a, a brush which looks similar to uh, kind of brush paintbrush. Well, here's a yes, it's paintbrush. Paintbrush that you buy in the hardware store. Well, I actually was in the supermarket, so I bought a barbecue brush. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's all they're a little thin, though. No, it's thick, like this. Big, big long handle? Yeah, big long <laughs> like, handle. <laughs> yeah, this was the original uh, Kodak <clears throat> alternative process brush. Beautiful. Back wow. in the day, yeah. I put a little bleach on, far less than what's demonstrated in the vids. Still, you don't need that much. Yeah. You brush it on, and then you go from the ne- one picture to the next, almost like you're making donuts. Like, like putting the cream on top right. of it. 
cake. You could work in a Dunkin' Donuts after Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Uh, by the time I put all the bleach on every neg, I go back to the first one, and then I start with the brush. Just like, like, like just, you know, brushing no it around. Deep. Have you done this too, Matt? I, I, I farted around with a couple of them and with, uh, with regular bleach, and I, I used way too much. Oh. And I just ruined. It burned ruined. right through ruined. it. But they weren't, they weren't images where I, I right. was like, oh, I recovered the negative. About. I better do this. And no. Then I take a paper towel, uh, wads of it, and I just scrape the bleach off of it. Kind of squeegee it off. Did you ever try squeegeeing it off? No, I kind of uh, wipe it. Uh-huh. So the paper towel is absorbing the bleach and also uh, taking all the gunk off. The black backing. So yeah. if you all the black stuff, you could tell by looking at it that now it's a negative. Yeah. Then I do touch ups very quickly. This all happens within three minutes. Oh, okay. It's That's fast. Yeah. Then I look and there's splotches of, of the black stuff. Put a little more bleach with a little brush. <laughs> then I take the glass panel, put it in the sink, a kitchen sink or a tub. Not a, not a bath. How many eggs do you get on you one know, glass panel? Uh. Four, usually. Okay. Four on 11 by 14, I think. I put the whole thing in a... You know those industrial tubs? Right. They're square right. with the metal legs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I take... Uh, what is that thing you pull out of the sink? It's a spray. Stopper? No, spray. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I it's base, an attachment. It's like spray hose, attachment. Yeah. a hose. I basically just spray, and all the bleach comes off, and you're left with your negative. Beautiful. Now, then I untape all the pictures, and I have a tray of water, very much like a darkroom tray. Yeah. And I float them all in the water. And then one by one, I pick them up and run them under the sink with my fingers, holding it to get all, because you feel some kind of gunk on it. There's a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And then I hang it to dry on a clothes hanger mm-hmm. all over the place. And they dry. And then you scan them or print them. Great. Fan. Fantastic. Now, how do you store all these negatives now? Well, once they're done and dry, they're negatives. They're like any other negative. And I just put them in a, a uh, paper envelope. Sleeves? No, no, not sleeves. You no, could. they do. Are they do make sleeves, sleeves in that size, though. Do they really? Yes, they do. They do. Uh, print file. Oh, has ah, custom sizes. No you can go on their website, <gasps> or you can uh, go on Amazon. Printfile does have some for because that was a plate. That was a right. plate film size. So really, yeah. now you're getting into a whole different topic, which is how to store negatives. By the mm-hmm. way, I've recovered some negatives, 35 millimeter negatives from storage that I shot in 1986 when uh-huh. you and I were at university. Yes. You know uh, how they hold up? Uh, they were just in the co- the the you know the the paper sleeve that Kodak right. used to give you back oh, then. Those, was yeah. it like a waxy sleeve or no? No. The eye sense a little shrinkage. Huh. A little curl and shrinkage. Probably. Happens as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot has to do with how you store your negatives, which is like it's I said, it's all about. do a whole topic no, we on should. storage of negatives. We because absolutely should. I could actually, on a future show, bring some old negatives. You could look at it. Yeah, I could bring uh, the things I use for yeah. my negatives because yeah. they're just like yeah, awesome. Yeah, because I'm, you know, now that I've started to get back into this, I'm starting to accrue quite a few packages, and yes. they're still just in the package with the prints or the disc. Oh, I'm yeah, like, you, you know what? I, I, yeah. I can't. Dan Domi has posted some stuff online about how he stores his negatives. Okay. Currently, I have stacks of negatives that I've shot over the last two years. So if I send my ne- my film out to Clark Color Labs or to you know mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne's or Spencer, I mean, basically whatever they ship it in, I'm just stacking them. Yeah. I'm stacking them in a pile. Yeah. And then every six months, I take those, put them in a box, yeah. box them on a shelf. Yep. Here in the studio, we're at 70 degrees, constant temperature. Well, how about just filing them like in a, what are those, the uh, the hard bound things, the ring binders, uh, I what guess? What's it called? You just call the, the ring binders. Yeah, I have a I have a print file three ring binder, but it also has like these uh, 
these plastic baffles that snap together, so it lo- kind of like locks it in. Is that right? They're really, really nice. What they're do you call hard those plastic, plastic sleeves where you slide yeah. negatives in. I just call them negative sleeves, but they're yeah. made, I call them print file because it's like print Kleenex, file. you know. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's costly. It does. Yeah, I bet yeah, it does. I, I buy them. Uh, I buy them 250 at a time. Yeah. That's why. Okay. 250 sheets at a time. 250. Uh, yeah, negative holders at a time. Wow. So what does yeah. that what does that go for if you don't mind? Um, I think I got. Well, I got 108 by 10 ones for like 20 bucks, well, which that's not too too bad. Let no. me ask you guys. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, Mike? Imagine the look he gave me. He's like, got a freaking right, problem. Uh, what? <laughs> let me ask you guys. Let me ask you. Uh, I've been uh, storing, as as I mentioned, I've been just storing the negatives, just stacking them up, taking up as little space as possible. If you start putting your negatives in sleeves, in ring binders, what kind of space issue? Like in five, six, seven, ten years time, Matt, will I have a locker storage facility just for my negs? You might. What, I what mean, kind of space does it take? Well, I can I can give you a visual example from uh, my professor Jeff because okay. he was working. He all he shot was four by five slide film for thirty years. It's a lot of slides. He has. You see those cabinets back there? Those uh, what, what yes. are they like? Seven by seven by two. So, yeah, seven by two, and there's four of those. He's got about got about eight of those full with those plastic binders that I was describing. Holy I mean, he's got, he but he archives everything. A right. lot of places, mm-hmm. uh, newspapers, even some of the smaller newspapers, they'll they'll go through every five, six, eight years, and they'll just mm-hmm. kind of move them along somewhere else. Now, you know, because when I get my photos on my computer, I go through and I know I got some crummy pictures in there. I yeah. just I just delete them. Because mm-hmm. you know what? I know I'm not going to need them out later. Of sight, out you of have mind. negative. Yeah, but I have the negative too. I wonder, is that good practice as well? Or you just stick all the negatives in and keep all the negatives? I Just as a matter of saving space. Because I know I'm not going to I would I say know don't I'm throw not going to need neg- that stupid shot. What if Ron Galeo threw away some negatives? Oh, you know what? I don't like this particular shot of Jackie O. I'm just saying, if you got five <laughs> pictures, this one's out of focus, this one's the person his eyes are closed. You know, I'd stuff say you don't keep, need. keep the negatives. Negative. Um, yeah. You know, if it's if it's hogging space yeah, it on sounds, your computer, it sounds it sounds almost you know sacrilegious to say I'm going to get rid of the negative. Yeah, I, I mean, I think people, you know, they they assume they're going to have a place for it, but it does. The space piles up pretty quick. I'm up to. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about 30 years and seven cabinets, geez. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I he did it professionally, too. Uh-huh. I've been shooting, you know, casually, I guess, a year with medium format and large format. And with my Hasselblad, I have two three-ring binders. So when they're stacked, they're about, you know, mm-hmm. four or five inches high. So two binders right. like that. And I have already have two binders of the 8x10, but that's because it's thicker and bigger film. Oh, dear. And I'm quickly eating up darkroom space. Uh, this top. This topic also, I, ha- I have to admit to you guys and to everyone listening, is uh, stressing me out. I will, tell you, I will tell you why it's stressing me out. Why is that, Mike? The amount of time yeah. that I have to, that to be a true archivist, to archive your negatives, your prints, your slides, the time involved... I don't have the time, and it's starting to. I'm, I'm a little bit behind, but it's not out of control yet. But the more you put it off, the worse it's yes. going to be. If if you shoot film photography and you're just throwing stuff, like it's a nightmare if you don't label. If if you do not label, I have a system. So like, I, I took a couple hours one day and figured out what am I, how am I going to do this? Because yeah, you have to assume you're not going to look at whatever you're putting away for a couple years, and mm-hmm. you, by how then you're not going to. How are you gonna doing know. it? Um, I just every every print file has a space where you can write. So I'll number the page, and the pages are 
consistently numbered. I'll date it. I'll name the film. I'll name the camera. And then I just go on. You have to do it then and there or else forget it. Do you exactly. st- Matt, do you store your negatives, at transparencies, and or original Polaroids by uh, date? Polaroids. That's a different story. Ooh. Polaroids are in the shoebox. And I haven't organized ah. the shoebox. <laughs> oh, so, pol- so instant photography, you'd put in a different category. Yeah, instant photography is kind of my, my mess right now. I gotta address the mess. I don't. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. Here's a question for you. Yes. What type of scanner do you use to put in your uh, instant photography? Uh, do you spend a lot of money on the scanner? You no. use the same scanner, right? Uh, well, no. I happened before I bought my Epson V700. I had had a Cano scan Lead A90. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, re- reflective scanner. You know, just oh, a yeah. print scanner. Right. And I have been using that scanner to do all my prints. Yeah. And you have no objections? No, 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 no. Well, are you thinking them. about starting to get into scanning, John? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking I might have to, and I'm just trying to think ahead. Negative scans, questions. like you get, like you'll just process Maybe. only, get your names. Yeah. Maybe that's the next step, isn't it? Well, then you don't have to scan every single image. You yeah. just pick. You do yeah, selects. You, you, yeah, and you. Do selects and mm-hmm. get a, but you can get really good quality scans. Scans that would cost you 20, yeah. 30 bucks Although, an image. Right? I, I yeah. would like to also add, to add to the stress that many times I'll shoot a roll of film, scan it, look at it, be like, eh. <laughs> and then six months later, go back to that roll and yeah. be like, oh, like no. it. yeah. Look, it, be, it becomes the time, the time factor, the, the, the distance of time from when you shot it to when you look at it next changes my whole attitude towards the photography. You might not agree to this analogy, but it's the smooth sailors syndrome. Oh. <laughs> whereas whereas we'll record a couple of songs one night and as we're playing them we'll be laughing at each other like that was horrible. And then we'll go back and listen to them or they'll pop up in a jukebox like maybe a month later and you actually start to listen to it and say, Well that's that's not too bad. Time does give you some distance from what you're doing. Yes. To look at it more objectively. Absolutely. Especially if I'm shooting a person. If I'm shooting a person, to have such a volume of uh, photography of one person that you've shot, you get very picky. So the first round, immediately when you get your prints uh, or your negatives back, you look at everything and I make maybe five, six selects uh, of what I want to put uh-huh. up. Uh, I did this with uh, a comic, Mela Nichols. Uh, I remember. Uh, I picked the selects and I shot that about a year ago. I just went back and it's amazing how much stuff I left on the on the table, as they say. Yeah. Because at the time... That was just too, as good or better than you selected? They're just too, too Different similar yeah. to... You know, but the fact of the matter is that, and Jeremy North was saying this in our last show uh-huh. on our uh, FPP meetup in London. Great I was, point. I was talking to Jeremy while walking, walking and talking. Jeremy com- is n- not- Jeremy mentioned that too many people on Flickr just post too many images. They vomit. Oh my gosh! That there. you really just need to be very selective about what you're posting. And I have mi- I have mixed feelings about that. Uh, generally speaking, absolutely. <coughs> I've seen, especially uh, digital photographers are, as oh. John would say. Vomiting images. Ugh. I've. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I've Ridiculous. had to defriend some people just because, not because, and it's not the content. Right. It's just I don't want to see his stuff or you know, his or her stuff hogging up the contacts list. Right. I've got 800 plus contacts. Yeah. I got to look at somebody else's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the perfect medium, and mm-hmm. I think I heard it at some on some other thing it was uh, they were interviewing Flickr or this girl that uh, worked at Flickr, mm-hmm. and she said the happy medium for getting noticed on Flickr is one to two images a day. 
And if you are somebody that uploads like one a day, wow. one or two a day, and you have some some content, some tags, you know, a little description, that's that's what people go for. They don't if you say who's going to look through like fifty? Yeah, who, shots. yeah, and it's it's not about the like, like like I said about the content of the images. If you have fifty real like fifty right. really really good images that you want, space it out. You've got you've got yeah. a month yeah. to put that right. stuff up, right. and right. people still like it. They don't. I mean, they, it feels like a, a more th- well thought out series, and you're like, I shot this right. all in a day, you right. know? Yeah, exactly. A, a, a good talking about archiving negatives. An excellent documentary would be I would recommend to everybody listening is the Ron Galeo. Can you type him in? Yeah, I could do that, Mike. <laughs> How do you spell his name again? Ron? This is the Jackie O guy? Yeah, Ron. I think it's G-A-L-L-E-I-O. Ron, you'll get there by going. G-A-L. Up. This is a paparazzi, the original, the guy. Galella? Galella, yeah. In the 1970s who uh, would shoot celebrities. Nice. And his business these days is... RonGalella.com. Yeah, his business these days is uh, selling, this camera. selling images. Oh, okay. Because he sh- if you name the pop star from the 1970s, if you name the person... Look at this shot of Jackie O. It's fantastic. Jackie O, uh, Andy Warhol, Mick Jagger, David Bowie. You name anybody that came through New York City. Oh, yeah, it's called Smash His Camera. That's, oh, a, yeah, that's like the... the Perfect candid photo of yeah. her. Really, nice. Ron has all him and his uh, family have all of his images archived. I, I don't know if it's by date, by by probably by celebrity. Probably all in these cool boxes. He has an entire room with metal cabinets. Nice. You know. Uh, Ooh, Farrah Fawcett, Cher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goldie Hawn, Paul Newman, Elvis. Yeah. Raquel Welch. But sometimes I sit at night and I really, uh, I would call it a brain freeze or a brain funk or, um, you know. Uh, it hits you. I start thinking, how, how do I want to store my images? Store. How do I want to mm-hmm. store it Great. by, how? By subject, you know? Like like FPP. Should all the FPP stuff be in one area? No, because not everything on FPP is, you know, the same. You could have, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. You could have what, what, meetup stuff. What about stuff? when you have multiple tags per role? When you have, like, some FPP and then some, like, some Max? I mean, because it's easy to mentally lose track of what you've shot, Matt. Oh, it's so easy. So yeah, easy. I've forgotten more than I've, yeah. Do you keep a physical log, like an Excel sheet? No, I, I probably should do something yeah, like that. But I have idea. on you, the, but on, each of my binders is organized like color black and white oh and stuff God. like that. If you have an Excel sheet, then you could sort by subject, by date, by camera. But I mean, I cut off by date so that, I mean, they're all chronological so right. far, the order they're put in. So it's not too bad unless I go in and print and then they never end up in the same order. The, the big, I guess at the end of this conversation, the big question I have for you guys is, keep them as is, the negs in a box, by date, on the shelf, or binder. do I go binder and start really organizing? St- like start even, like, like, like take the weight off my shoulder, start January 2011. <laughs> take my stuff this year and just start, you know, Binder. Yeah, just make that your year's resolution. Yeah, bind, binder it up. Over. That's fine. You got, half, you got six more <sighs> to get it together. Maybe I do a one-year binder and just see how it stacks up there you go. versus... That's fine. The know, clutter so. the clutter yeah. factor. I, I just know from all, you know also visual experience, I'll use uh, Jeff as another example, my professor. Somewhere down the road, you might not like some of the things that are archived, but if they're archived well and they're accessible, mm-hmm. some other people might find use for them. We were sorting through some of his, he's going to get mad at me just for mentioning this, Uh-oh. but he, in his early days of 4x5 and, and 35 millimeter, he got to shoot a celebrity. I can't remember his, his uh, I know his stage name, but I don't know his, he played the Rifleman. He spent oh, a whole, Chuck Connors. He spent a whole day photographing Chuck Connors, and he just thought the shots were all crap because it was in his early days. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, it's Chuck he Connors. He spent a whole day with Chuck Connors. 
one of his images is like the if you Google search it, one of Jeff's images comes up there. Oh, it's no it's a ways down, but uh-huh. come on, yeah, yeah. That, that's great. And it's just your you know your objective eye might not change, but other people's you know kind of kind of helps that too. And just if you have them organized, people can sort through your stuff a little easier. Yeah. Well, Film Photography Podcast. And it could help people, you know, maybe when you, uh, let's say, pass on, your family wants to see all this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You're thinking about other people. a box yeah. of stuff that needs to be labored through. Or, wow. But you, you imagine know, well, could all you, of that? And you're like, I did all this for you guys to look at when I'm dead. And well, could you like, imagine if you were garbage. all digital and, like, you just kept it online and yeah. someday the cloud server goes John, down and that's it? John. Yeah. At least you have uh, film. But, Matt, that's what I've been doing. I've been recovering FP100C negatives. That was, that was a long tangent, yes, but I think, it I think it was worth it. But I have to tell you, Matt, talking about stress levels, it's added an, another step in my instant photography that, that it used to be appealed and threw it away, and that was it. I was done. Mm-hmm. Now I have a whole other step, and it gets a little stressful. Well, well there's a. Uh, it's well worth it. Yeah. There's always some interesting ways, especially with Polaroids. I've been toying with ways to kind of like spruce up my apartment and get rid of Polaroids at the mm. same time. There was a couple of my Flickr contacts. I gotta remember their names off the top of my head, but they have boy, their boyfriend girlfriend, and they have uh, his girlfriend puts up his Polaroid images kind of on like a clothesline. Oh, really? And they took up a whole wall. And they just clotheslined all these Polaroids across. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could do that. String them across. Or so multiple strings on one wall. Yeah, and just like... Have you been, you've been uh, shooting and throwing them in a, a black, in a box. Yeah, I got a color and I got a, yeah impossible box. And that's got all the desiccants and is temperature controlled. And, see, there's yeah. kind of like compulsion here. Like I shoot my Polaroids, label them, yeah. then hide them. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? That's not the point, right, Matt? No, you got to show them. Yeah. You got to put them out, right? Yeah. Dude, how many... How many you should start doing that in here. Oh, on the wall. Background. Can wallpaper the place. L- Lomo the it up. Lomo wallet, you know, yeah. with Polaroids. There you go. You have well, all those great happens? shots. I mean, aren't you supposed to store them? Polaroids? You I got I the names. The, I thought the Fujiroids held up pretty long. So now that I'm shooting 4x5 uh, FP100C Fujifilm Takes Polaroids. up space quick. <laughs> well, now I'm going to be doing those negative recovery. Those will be nice. Yeah. Uh, Donker Dave did some uh, 4x5 recovery, I oh, think. that's right. He had a... Awesome gorgeous image. picture yeah. yeah like he didn't like the he didn't like the positive but yeah. he scanned the negative and it looked great mm, interesting if you underexpose the positive the negative turns out better really a little mm-hmm. bit yeah yep. huh yeah lesson learned lesson learned so well very good we'll take a break and then we'll come back and do something okay. <laughs> <laughs> now here's ozzy with news about biggest life pictures say do you know what this is it's a kodak 35 millimeter color slide not very big is it only two inches by two inches. And yet when you project it on a home screen, you get color pictures as big as life. Now, a Kodak has many fine color slide cameras and a wide range of prices. Here's one I like especially. The new Kodak Signet 50 camera. It has a built-in photoelectric light meter that takes all the guesswork out of exposure. You just aim it at your subject, and it tells you how much light there is or isn't. It's just like having an expert photographer showing you which setting to use. The Kodak Signet 50 camera, complete with flash holder, costs $82.50, or as little as $8.50 down. When you see its many fine features, I'm sure you'll accept no other. Hey, it's Mike Rosso here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey, no. Hello. Help support FPP 
go to the FPP store. That's filmphotographystore.com. We have an exclusive item, the Polaroid Cold Shoe Electronic Flash Brackets. If you own a Polaroid 100 through 300 series camera, we have the Polaroid 268 Flash Bracket that holds an electronic flash that has a PC cord on it. Imagine jettisoning your old flash bulb for a brand new... For a new... Okay. For a new flash bracket that holds an electronic flash. If you own a Polaroid 400 series camera, the infamous Polaroid 420, that's Matt's camera. It is, yeah. You can get an electronic flash for it. You can get the, the Polaroid FPP 490 flash holder. This slides right on your existing flash bracket. It has a cold shoe for your electronic flash. You could buy just the bracket or you could buy the bracket with electronic flash. These are exclusively at the Film Photography Store. Help support FPP. Get an electronic flash for your pack camera. Donna. <laughs> Packtastic. Filmphotographystore.com. Thanks. Hey, we're back. Wow. You know, guys, that's... I think we're going to... do 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 Mosey. Mosey, Mosey on, on out of here. Oh. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. I want to remind everybody that we have our ongoing Polaroid uh, automatic land camera, pack camera. Packtastic. Giveaway. My goal this year is to put as many instant cameras into people's, into photographers' hands. If you're a new photographer, experienced photographer, you Just need to try for this. a change of pace. Yeah, you, you, need, you need to crack and peel. <laughs> <laughs> you need to crack and peel. Got to get cracking and peeling, man. Yeah. And then the the, uh, the opportunities we didn't we didn't even talk about Polaroid transfers. Oh my gosh, there's just so much. So, it is much. so much fun. Uh, this so we're giving away Polaroid pack cameras. Uh, 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 we're also giving away a Yashica. What's it called? Yashica Electro GSN 35 Electro. millimeter rangefinder camera. It's got a fast 1.7 lens. Holy sh- Recently CLA'd. Yeah. It's got all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's a heavy duty camera. Good yeah. stuff. And of course, we also give away film. If you like 120 film or 35 millimeter film, black and white, slide film, color print film, you let us know. It. Here are the rules, my folks. You need to send a separate email for every entry. You can't yeah. just send an email saying, enter, enter me into one of your contests. It just doesn't work that way. So please, just send us an email. For, for if you'd like to try for the Yashica, just send us an email, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. <gasps> now we're all going to do it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, your name, a little bit about yourself, and your address. Please include your address, mm-hmm. and we'll get you in the contest. That goes for the Polaroid uh, Packtastic camera giveaway. That goes for our monthly film giveaway. We're going to come back in uh, two weeks. Two weeks. then? Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you then. Okay. Have a nice summery time. We should smooth it out. We'll smooth out. Smooth, All right, out. Smooth, we'll just, smooth sailors. Smooth. smooth what's sailor. So what's going on? Everything going good with smooth sailors? Yeah, every Tuesday night we're on. Good. Nice. Yeah. What's this about? I uh, hear a rumor of Pink Delicate that maybe uh, uh, Lauren Bagley's involved with uh, getting some images yes. for the cover. Well, Lauren and Matt. It's lovely. That's lovely. <laughs> I had to endure that for like four days. Is it going to be like whimsical kind of cover? Like, uh, no, not really. Photography cover? No. Well, we were toying around with the idea of an illustration on the front and a photo on the back. Kind of a the the the. the, It's kind of like the um, reality of. And then the concept. And then the concept, yeah, Yeah. illustration on the front. That would be cool. That's pretty awesome. Should be fun. Should be great. And every Tuesday night, you're still in the uh, smooth... Still smoothing it up. Still smoothing it up. Yeah. And I believe if you go to 
thesmovesailors.com. Right, that's it. Uh, all the S M O O V E. This is all the free music you can ever want. So much music. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Very I, I might need some for the website. That'd be, that'd be ah, take cool. what you want. Nice. Just you got to let us know. That's all. That's the only rule. That's let us know enough. what you're doing with it, and if you're doing like something creative or visual, just send us a link. And let us know what you're you like up to. Video kind of background stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. People use it for like maybe if they do like a slideshow of their photos or something. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be playing around with some uh, some Super 8 mm-hmm. some more this summer. No way. And oh, great. Yeah, I got a, I got a Super 8, a Canon Super 8 cam. I want to want to go crazy with that. Get some background oh, noise. Fantastic. Got it all. It's le- <laughs> <Sorry>. electronic. <laughs> That's fine. Electronic music, acoustic music, rock music, uh, experimental stuff. Probably experimental. Oh, so yeah. you some music for your little vids. Yeah, just go. I'm just probably going to listen to a Smooth Sailor song and then be like, what am I going to shoot to this? Oh, uh, there you go. Hey, our YouTube channel is pretty active with new vids. Mm-hmm. I'm Always. Doing, I'm doing some crazy, like, Polaroid tips. Uh, Matt has jumped jumped in on it. Uh, we, uh, um, we reviewed the uh, sardine camera. We had some footage from uh, uh, UK. Uh, you talked about a 4x5 crown graphic. Your crown graphics, um, loading the holders. Yeah. Filmphotographyproject.com is our main site. Go there. That is the gateway. Yes, <laughs> that will open up the whole world. Yes, that will open this up the whole world. Craziness to yeah. you. So we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, Till then, can't wait. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Perfect.
Fantastic. Fantastic.